0: If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash with no space between the Rand and the Law. This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Rand Law, the author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. And coming up next is our quote for the day, Learning to Be Still. To really be still and let life happen. That stillness becomes radiance. Morgan Freeman. I have found in my life this to be true. At times when I have cultivated stillness, it has been recognized by strangers and people that I know well alike. I have also found that it is necessary to cultivate this stillness continually, or else our mind begins to become cluttered, and we start to lose that inner essence, that radiance. Coming up next is our mind and body segment, where we will be looking at the sphere. The sphere is somewhat like an enso, except for instead of being two-dimensional, it's three-dimensional, and in Japanese, it can be referred to as tama which is a sphere or a ball. You could also call it Marai, just a ball. But, in context with Tokushi kenpo, you would probably think more of it even as Tenchi, which is heaven and earth, top and bottom, the universe and the world. But, in all truthfulness for our practice, Tama probably works just perfectly. Because... Instead of using a mukjong in kempo like they do in hungar or also in Wing chun we utilize the tama, the ball. And this substitutes a lot for our um, partner when we're practicing kakeuke, uh, which is our version of what they do in um, Okinawan karate or in Chinese Kung Fu systems that use uh, sticky hands, qi sao, push hands uh, like they do in Tai Chi. We utilize the ball as a training device. And this tama comes in handy also while we're practicing our iron palm. To be practical, we begin with doing the iron palm and the tama separately. And as we progress, we can later unify the practices together, primarily utilizing just one strike or two if you're really ambitious. Now it's time for Art Chat, and today we're going to look at Get Back, Peter Jackson's version of what went on at Apple Studios when the Beatles were breaking up. I understand that he had to assure both of the living two beetles that it wasn't as bad as they had remembered. In fact, there is more um, friendship and camaraderie seen in the final three segments that I had seen. I believe there are going to be six segments altogether of what went on in those final days as they were producing an album and simultaneously trying to produce either a movie or a documentary as you can see that the creativity that is displayed is amazing and eye-opening being a long-time fan of the beatles watching this renewed my respect for paul mccartney and ring of star and it actually recaptured some of the magic that i felt as a young child listening to their music. It also made some of the tunes that I hadn't previously enjoyed as much seem much more meaningful. It was mesmerizing to see how they could take a scrap of an idea and spin it into gold and take meaningless thoughts and phrases and gather so much meaning in them. As a novice musician myself, I really appreciate seeing how they could take little pieces of various things and put them together musically, and also how they turned and used those musical portions and turned them into words and phrases that have become a part of our history. They were truly four lives that shook the world, their influence on style, dress, culture, and language can still be felt today. It was also great to see Billy Preston working with them. I have been a fan of Billy Preston for a long time and hearing more about his background and, of course, hearing about Eric Clapton being mentioned often was just icing on the cake. And now it's time for our haiku. Time, ever fleeting. Moments seem to linger on, always passing by. Which brings us to the portion of our show that we refer to as Did You Know? And we begin in Sutter Field, or Sutter Stream, out in California in 1848, where the gold rush began. When a mill worker, and that is someone who was working at a uh, mill by the creek where they were grinding flour, and cornmeal discovered gold, and the rest is history. It was a mere 60 years later that the Boy Scouts started in England. I believe the actual date was 1908, and almost every American kid wanted to be a Boy Scout, and now all these years later, the girls that wanted to be a Boy Scout have become Boy Scouts, and... Many of them turned around and excluded boys from their unit. Is that still considered toxic masculinity? Why couldn't they have just stayed Girl Scouts? Boys weren't allowed in that. I don't know if these two things are related, but in 1935, in partnership with the American Can Company, Gottfried Kruger, who happened to have a brewing company, delivered a mere 2,000 cans of Kruger's finest beer. And Kruger's cream ale to the faithful Kruger drinkers in Richmond, Virginia. You know, back then cans were instrumental in the mass uh, distribution of food stuff, and it wasn't until the 1909 that the uh, beer had even been attempted. But the first attempt was unsuccessful, and they had to wait to the end of prohibition before they tried it again. But in 1933, after two years of research, the American can company developed a can that was pressurized and had a special coating to prevent the fizzy beer from chemically reacting with the tin. Yes, it was in tin and not aluminum. The concept of canned beer provided to be a hard sell, but Kruger overcame it and began to sell canned beer in the United States. And the response was overwhelming. In a quarter of a year, Kriger's canned beer was eating the market share of the big three national breweries, Anheuser-Busch, Pabst, and Slitz. And the competitors soon followed after his example. And by the end of 1935, over 200 million cans had been produced and sold. That's a lot of beer. And cans, unlike bottles, didn't require a deposit at the time, although later on that did change in some states. Cans were easier to stack and more durable. Yeah, you know, a lot less busted bottles of beer on the wall. And their popularity continued to grow because cans kept out light and keeping the light out actually made the beer better. Now today uh, they're said to be like twenty billion Dollars in the US beer industry, not all of it, uh, comes from the big national brewers recently. Renewed interest in canning for microbreweries and high end beer sellers have started to, uh, gain a little traction. Then in 1965, Winston Churchill dies at the age of 90. The famed leader of England who kept everybody going. During World War II, also known for his art and his writing of history, passed away. Now, when I was in school in 1972, uh, I can recall the time when the Japanese serviceman was found in Guam on a 200-square-mile island. It was a U.S. possession at the time. It had been taken over from the Spanish-American War in 1898 but in 1941 the japanese attacked and captured it and in 44 after three years of japanese occupation the u.s forces retook guam and all that time this one sergeant a japanese sergeant name of uh, yukai was left behind by the retreating japanese forces and he spent all of that time to 1972 in the jungles of Guam, where he carved out survival tools and spent three decades waiting for the return of the Japanese and his next orders, He was rediscovered and finally discharged and sent home to Japan, where he was a national hero. And they made a big deal of his tattered uniform and all of the survival tools that he had handmade. And he, uh, after all that time, married, and took his bride back to Guam for the honeymoon. His uh, survival tools and his threadbare uniform are still on display in a museum in Guam. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi, Kimpo, you have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Lal reminding you to follow your dreams.